brilliant. Suppose the dance okay. You just wanted to see us dance. That's, that's what these guys are trying to do. They're trying to get me to dance. But uh, it's great to be in God's house, isn't it? Yeah? It is good to be in God's house. And um, however you've come to being here today, whether you're listening online or whether you're in here in person, whether whatever your past or your future is, today you find yourself in God's house. Amen? Amen. You find yourself in the house of God. And you find yourself in God's house for a reason. And I want to just speak to you today about what that reason is. I, see, I believe God wants to speak into your life today. I don't think it's by chance that you've come here today. I don't believe it's by chance that you're listening online today. I believe God wants to speak into your life today. Amen? Amen. Do we believe that? I just want to pray a blessing over Ange today. After the service, she's being whisked away by her sisters for a, a night away for her birthday. Um, or the other, so the other sister's birthday, sorry. But sorry, I'm getting confused. Listen, I just want to, it's just been your birthday though, hasn't it, Ange? And we just want to pray a blessing over you as a family as you go away. Amen? Just, there's a power, there's a power in the strength of your sisterhood, but there's also a godliness of how you've been brought up as sisters to love God. I know there's three of you represented here today, but we just want to pray over your lives today that this night away will not just be a time of family and fellowship, but it will be a time of empowering and an outpouring of the Spirit of God, that God will speak into your lives and that you'll know God closer than ever before as a family and as sisters. Amen? Amen. 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 Good. Wow, I almost want to come away now. <laughs> Is there a spa and a free breakfast? Oh, you, you see, I'm coming. Well, our, scri our scripture reading today is from Ezekiel 36, and I just want to give us some context to the scripture. For us to understand these verses, we, just, we also need to understand the, uh, the covenants that God has spoken over his people leading up to this point in Ezekiel 36. Just a, a, a small disclaimer, just so you know, this is an overview, it's not a deep theological um, study into this, but I'm just bringing a short overview of the covenants of what God has said over his people. So, first of all, we, we have a, a covenant of God, God speaks over his people with Abram. You see, through Abram, God would create the nation Israel, yes? So, there is a covenant over the people of Israel, and a nation is birthed. God's covenant over his people with Moses is that God provides Israel with a constitution, with a governed, um, <coughs> excuse me, I've, I've been battling with a cough, if I cough and splutter this morning, um, with a constitution um, which governed all aspects of life, which we know as the Ten Commandments, Yes. Unfortunately, what we find is the people fail to follow that covenant and uh, which they found themselves exiled in Babylon. And we then move on to God's covenant with his people, with David. And God promised that David's descendants, David's descendants would always sit on 
his throne and over an internal kingdom. Why is that important? Why is that covenant important? Because it bases, it is the basis for Christ as the Messiah. Okay? You see, the Messiah is formed from this covenant, Jesus being a descendant of David. And Jesus, who now sits on the, at the right hand of God, on the throne of heaven. Amen? And then we move on to God's covenant with his people, with Jeremiah. And under this covenant, which would incorporate that which was spoken over Moses and also that which was spoken into David with the, Messi with, with the Messiah. And it talks about that those who believe in the Messiah and through the work of the Messiah would receive forgiveness for sin. And the Spirit of the Lord would be poured out into people's lives. All of this providing a backdrop for us in Ezekiel, where we see the fall of Jerusalem. And Israel and its people are in a desolate place. They are in a land that lies desolate. And a land that is unknown to them. As we pick up in Ezekiel 36, what we find is the Lord's message to his people is one of salvation, restoration, and hope. Let me say that again. God's message to his people is one of salvation, restoration, and hope. In Ezekiel 36, we pick up in, in, chap, in uh, chapter 36, but verses 34 to 36, it says this, the desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it. They will say, this land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruin, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations around you will then the nations around you that remain will know I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. You see, God, God's message throughout my Bible is one of salvation, restoration, and hope. And that's no different here, church. You see, Israel, Israel were a people that found themselves in a place of desolation, walking in a land that was unknown to them because they had turned away from God. And it had even forgotten his name. When we read in verse 23 of ch uh, chapter 36, we see the people have even forgotten God's name. Wow. How, how amazing is that? Yet... Here's the important thing, yet God shows his people and the nations that he is a God who restores. And my title today is this, Restored and Assured. You see, when God is involved in restoration, we can be assured that restoration is always going to come and be fulfilled in our lives. Amen? We can have an assurance of what God is going to outwork in our lives. 
when salvation is coming, because God is a God of salvation, yes? And because God is a God of salvation, we can be assured that restoration, the place that we were at, is not going to be the place we're going to finish. Because God is a God who outworks his salvation in our lives. It is a gift into our lives. And in in Ezekiel, we start to see God's restoration assured for his people. Maybe today you find yourself walking away from God or even in areas of your life you feel they may be desolate. But today, we have an assurance that God will restore the desolate places and bring life into those places that lie in ruin. Amen? Over our remaining time together, we're going to explore the restoration work of God. And I just want to prophetically just speak into our lives, restoration this morning. You see, my first point today is cultivation and multiplication. You can't have cultivation and not get multiplication. It says in verse 34, the desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass it. Pass through it, sorry. You see, the desolate land could no longer stay desolate. For God was bringing restoration. Something had to shift. So what does God do? He cultivates what was, was there and he starts to uproot on earth the things of negativity where people were living their lives away from God and was, he was helping them understand that he was God and he was the God who brought salvation into their lives. So cultivation, what he did gently, was he was starting to bring the people around to show them who he was and what he could do in their life. This was not just a prophetic statement of restoration for the city of Jerusalem, but it was a prophetic statement for the people who live in that place of desolation, I'm telling you. And even today, it is a statement, a prophetic statement over your life. That if you live in desolation, God will bring cultivation. But he'll also multiply it into something great in your life. You see, cultivation had to happen because God's people could no longer walk in desolation. What was desolate had to come to be once more fertile and ready for growth. It had to be ready for growth. Cultivation was also a sign to all watching that God was at work. Nations would see that God would bring salvation and restoration into his people. I want to share a story from my life with you this morning. And at the age of 17, my life could have gone many ways. I want to tell you that. And I know some of our young people have gone out this morning. But you know, 17 was a key age for me in my life. I was surrounded by lots of different things. My dad had experienced a life-changing health condition. My mates were all clubbing and doing the gig scene. I was out wanting to spend time with them. These were my friends. 
So I wanted to be around my friends. I was desperate to be a part of a band with my friends, weekends and most evenings. And to the point where there was a point in my life where God said, here you are, you can be in a band or you can follow me. And I chose to follow him. But that's another story. You see, drinking and smoking and drugs were all available to me. They were all free. They were all being placed in front of me. And please don't hear this as a condemnation over your life if you've gone down a path or anything. But in the summer of 17, this is my story. On my 17th, my 17th year, the summer of my 17th year, my friends were going to a Christian camp called Soul Survivor. My dad had just had his accident. I had no money. And I remember saying to God, if you want me there, God, (laughs) don't ever challenge God. (coughs) If you want me there, God, then you're going to have to get me there. Do you know what? Later that day, an envelope was pushed through my front door with a note saying, enjoy the camp and the exact amount of money and funds to pay for that camp. I get emotional now because nobody knew, only God knew what I'd said to him. But that day, an envelope was pushed through my door and the exact amount of money was there to go to that camp. I want to tell you that that camp was the most significant time of my life. God spoke to me in every message. At the end of the camp, in one of the last sessions, the speaker said these words. Is there anyone, is there anyone in this place that feels that one day God could use them to serve you? To serve, to serve me, sorry, to serve my church. Maybe you could... Serve him as a youth pastor, a kids worker, a pastor, a missionary. And the list went on in so many ways. And he said, if so, stand. And I want to pray for you. I want to tell you in that moment, it felt like my bottom was on fire. (laughs) (laughs) If 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 you've ever been to Soul Survivor or experienced youth camp, they have you in these big tents and you're sat on the floor and I don't do sitting on the floor well anyway (coughs) but all my friends were around me and I'm sat on the floor and my bottom felt like it was on fire and I felt like God say you've got to get up Steve you've got to stand up and I stood up none of my friends were stood up at the side of me because I made a decision for myself And I made a decision for God. You see, some may say the the rest is history. But it was that moment that God started to cultivate my life and prepare me for growth. This is my story. What's yours? Your story may start today. It may have already started many years ago. But let me tell you, my life was heading towards other things and a very desolate place. 
for us are turned towards God. He brought cultivation so that growth could happen. Cultivation came when people, when the people of Israel recognized their sin and they realized they needed a savior. Salvation only comes when we recognize we need a savior. Oh, Jesus. I pray today for anybody in this room that does not know you as their savior. Anybody listening online that in this moment they will recognize you as their savior, Lord God. That they will know they need a savior. Jesus. You see, today your life may have taken many paths. Maybe today you find yourself lost in bitterness. I don't know. Maybe you're churned up in pain and hurt. And that hurt is infecting others. Or maybe you've been, infect, been affected by others as well. And other people's pain. Maybe today you're feeling like the world is caving in around you. Maybe you're even afraid to open your door because of anxiety. Chasing the next adventure to feel a need to be alive and wanted. I want to tell you, God wants you. He loves you. You don't need to chase after anything. God loves you. See, when you follow God, the adventure will always come. I promise you that. With Jesus, there's always an adventure. You don't need to chase an adventure. You don't need to chase the next big thing. Because God will always take you on an adventure. Maybe today you find yourself listening to this or maybe you're sat in this room and addiction is a problem. Maybe drugs, alcohol, pornography, I don't know. Whatever your desolate place looks like, I want to tell you, there's a message. And the message in this is this. There is always a way to Jesus. There is always a way to Jesus Christ. Jesus loves you. No matter what your shame is, no matter how desolate your life has got to, there is always a way back to Jesus. And I want to tell you, it's exactly the same. Just as the people of Israel had found themselves in most probably one of the most desolate places they could have ever found themselves. You think about your life right now. Jesus brought them back from that desolate place into salvation. They knew the salvation of God. And today you can know the salvation of God because there is always a way back to Jesus. Let me encourage you today to turn to God to allow him to bring cultivation into your life. To cultivate those desolate places in your life so that growth in God can come. My second point is this, that what was once lying in ruin will be fortified and inhabited. Yes? You see, the cities were lying in ruin. Desolate and destroyed are now fortified and inhabited. I want to prophesy this over the city of Plymouth today. That what once lied in ruin, the gospel of God is going to go out into a city afresh like never before. 
And I truly believe that we're going to see a move of God in the city of Plymouth that we've never seen before. And we're going to see this city fortified and inhabited by the presence of God in a new and fresh way. Not that God is not here, don't hear me wrong, but we're going to see God inhabit the whole of this city, every inch of this city. I believe that the presence of God is going to pour out into the city of Plymouth. Amen? Amen. Jerusalem laid in ruins, but so did the people of Israel. They were lost, they were broken, and following their own way of life. And God's word to the people was that they would once more inhabit the city which laid in ruin. But that, again, God would inhabit their lives. I've had many experiences in my life, but one sticks with me the most because it took a massive toll on my body. But in 2017, at my, my, my previous church, which I pastored at, <coughs> we took on a building project. This building project was to turn a, a 12,000 square foot aeroplane factory unit into a church building that could serve the community. I want to tell you, the first time I walked into that building, it looked desolate. There were going to be places that we walk into in this city that looked desolate. I want to prophesy that, yeah? But what God can do with the desolate places is absolutely amazing. You see, we had to get it ready to build, and... In 2018, we started to build. We saw the building transform to what it is today. And it was the Christmas of 2018. It was, it was a couple of days before Christmas Day. We moved into the building. And we found ourselves worshipping them in the, in the building. See, that building was once a desolate aeroplane factory and we sung this song today and the worship song do it again came from the speakers the sound system had just come on come live and we whacked it up here's the words that we sung I've seen you move you move the mountains and God I believe I will see you do it again you made a way where there was no way. And I believe you will do it again. Come on. You see, in that moment, everyone in that room, whether they believed in God, whether they knew Jesus Christ, they stopped, they down tools, and the presence of God filled that place like never before. God inhabited the building. And don't hear me wrong, because God inhabits us, and we are his people, and wherever we go, he will inhabit. But here's the thing, something shifted in that moment. A place of ruin went to a place of where God inhabited. And let me tell you today, God will turn your place of desolation and ruin into a place he can inhabit and bring life and fruit into. If God has done it before, he will do it again. Let me tell you that. 
If God has done it before, he will do it again. And let me tell you, here in Plymouth, we will see God move in a mighty way. Here in your life, you will see God move in a mighty way. Whatever your life looks like, whether it is ruined, you feel it's ruined, because it's not always ruined, let me tell you. Whether you feel it's ruined, whether you feel you've messed up, whether you feel there's no way out of that situation, God will always make a way where there is no way. You see, when God inhabits a place, miracles can happen. Tides can change. Walls can come tumbling down. See, your life changes from ruins to glory, shambles to fortified. Wherever you are in your walk with God, I know this. May you once more allow him to walk and inhabit your life. May God be allowed to be part of your life afresh. See, God is not a, an intrusive God, but he longs to be part of your life. And my, my call to us today as a church is this, that if we want to know restoration and salvation in a fresh and dynamic way in our life, today choose to live your life for God. It's the best choice I ever made. Our final point is this. The desolate will be planted, replanted, and the destroyed places rebuilt. It says, I, the Lord, have rebuilt. It doesn't say, I, the Lord, will rebuild. It says, I, the Lord, have rebuilt what has, was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. God's promise to you today is this. Exactly the same as what it was to his people, Israel and Jerusalem, is that in your life, he has rebuilt your life because it has already happened. He sent his son to die on a cross. And on that cross, Jesus made a way where there was no way. Sin was a barrier in our lives. It is no longer a barrier in our lives. When we come to Jesus and we say, Jesus, come into my life afresh. Forgive me of my sins. This is what happens. We have an open relationship with God. All of the covenants that God spoke over past come true into our lives. Because they were all brought to fruition through Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection on the cross, from the cross. You see, this is where we see the assured promise of God's salvation and restoration to his people and to us. You see, you and I can be assured that God is a God of salvation. He's a God of restoration. 
the outworking of God's love over our life comes when we turn our lives to him. The same power outworking in our lives means this, that God is the one who will rebuild the ruined places in our lives. God is the one who will replant the desolate in him. You can be assured today that you can be assured today that you find yourself if you find yourself in a desolate place God is at work to bring restoration in your life planted in the house of the Lord they will flourish planted in the house of the Lord they will flourish do you know what I find so amazing? Is that after verse 36, God speaks to Ezekiel. And he says this. Ezekiel, prophesy to those bones. Prophesy to those bones. Come alive in the name of Jesus. I give you life. See, God brought restoration to a nation through the power of Jesus on the cross he brings restoration to a whole world amen I'm just going to invite the worship team to come up Just feel for somebody today, whether you're listening online or whether you're here, the words planted in the house of the Lord is a word for you today. Because you've had your foot in and out over the years. But God wants you to know that when you are fixed in his house, when you are being fed by his word, the truth is, the promise is that you will flourish, that you will see fruit. I encourage you to, whether it's this house or another house, be planted in God's house. Today, why don't you stand with us? If you, come on church, let's, let's stand as family. prayer before as I, as I prepared this message was that God would speak into hearts and he would speak into minds today and I just this is a message from my heart church as we launch into this new season as a church this is who we are you see there are going to be many that walk through our doors. There are going to be many who walk into our lives 
who live in a place of ruin and desolation. There are many in this room that still face those places and those times of desolation and ruin and hardship. But I want to tell you, God is always at work to restore your life. And your assurance today is God is at work in your life. He's not left you. He's not forsaken you. He's with you. Today, I just want to pray over your life as we come to a, a close. And if this message is spoken into your life, maybe you want to just respond to it by just reaching out your hand as I pray. Just receive something from God today. Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. And today, Lord, anything that is not of you, I pray, will fall to the ground. And everything that is of you will come into flourish in people's lives, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, today that people will know they have a true assurance that you are at work to bring restoration into their lives. I pray today that for those that may find themselves in a desolate or potentially ruined place, I pray, Lord God, that they will turn back to you today. Right now in this place, Lord, we turn our hearts and our minds back to you. We lay down our agendas at your feet and we say, Lord, come and have your way in our lives. Lord, today we say, come, bring cultivation in our lives. Lord, come, come inhabit, Lord God, and fortify our lives afresh, Lord. Jesus, and wherever needs to be uprooted, Lord God, uproot us and replant us in the place you want us to be, Lord so that we're following your will and purpose. We thank you, Lord God, that you're always at work. I pray, Lord God, for anyone that is stuck in an addiction, Lord God, today. Lord God, uproot them from that place of addiction and bring them into a place of your love and your mercy and your grace. Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, we believe, Lord God, that you're doing a mighty thing. We believe, Lord God, that you've called us to do much more than just gather as a group of people, but you've called us to make disciples, to be your disciples, to be your hands and feet in this world. And today, Lord God, afresh, I pray, anoint, bless each and every person in this room, Lord God. May they know your presence afresh. May they know your love afresh. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Steve.
Steve was uh, preaching, God gave me a picture. And it was of, um, it was like an aerial view <coughs> of the city of Plymouth. And there was angels, big and small, and they were walking around. Some were hovering over, some were walking through, through the city and just bringing God's light. The, the enemy was fleeing. And I just felt God say, you know, he loves his city that is here and that is at work. And that actually what we don't see is what God is doing in the heavenly realms, in the, in the spiritual realms. That actually as we pray and as we praise, it gets the angels to work. And that, you know, the enemy, all he wants to do is make us silent. Because yeah. as long as we're silent, if we don't feel worthy, if we don't think yeah. we're good enough, and all of that, or if we're low or anything, then it immobilizes us. And we don't then actually realize what God has already done, what he has already done. He's rebuilt it already, and it's in him, and it's, it's seeing that in the spiritual realm, and it's stepping out, and it's knowing the authority that God has given in us that actually every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ <laughs> is Lord. That as we step into that darkness, the darkness will flee that the darkness will flee.